You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 76, Brian and Mandy Cross the Streams. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 76 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. So, I spent my last weekend uh, watching a lot of uh, streaming television, and we're uh-huh. going to talk about uh, this week, and, and I wanted to uh, start out with Nosferatu, which ended this Sunday, and I know yeah. you're not completely caught up on nope. it yet. Mm-mm. But we can definitely talk about what we think so far, since you're mostly through it, and I mm-hmm. didn't, in fact, happen to watch all of it. So, what do you think so far? I'm very excited. I'm I'm happy as you know, being, you know, having read the book, being a fan of Joe Hill. Right. I'm very happy with what they did with it. I haven't really been too disappointed with the changes that they've made or anything. I can see what they did was necessary to make it television ready, to make it ready for this bigger audience kind of simplified things in a way not as complicated uh like the you know the inscapes you know it's, they're not as complicated as as they're described in the book but you know i'm i'm absolutely fine with that so it's really exciting uh i like i like everything they've done with it all the what they've done with the characters made them a little different and the actors are just fantastic and i mean the parents you know vic's parents are just they are exactly you know what what i picture and i think they're the most spot on yeah you know portrayals in this world that you know has been created but you know between amc and joe hill that they've created this great world oh yeah well obviously bringing joe hill in as a as an executive producer i mean that completely Mm -hmm. makes sense and uh yeah i mean you definitely get that feeling of blue collar horror that you don't you really haven't had you don't really see mm-hmm. and it really plays into to the tone and the theme of of what we've seen so far and one thing definitely i can say which i don't think is as much of a spoiler i mean obviously by the end they've set up to continue mm-hmm. so and i think they've already said there's going to be a season two of oh yeah. yeah it's already been it was renewed mm-hmm. it's already been renewed and so they've they've very well set up what's going to be happening for season two and and like you said before you know in the book you have the adult version of you know mm-hmm. of a that mm-hmm. yeah a vic of her of that character mm-hmm. and uh, she is i can see where they can probably play her off more adult the second you know second season mm-hmm. and go more into her adult life and like i said this is all basically you know vic is a senior in high school right and, um, of course, there's a lot more in the book, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I figured we'll see a lot more of that in season two. But, uh, yeah, I have to say I've I've enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not enamored, totally in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked it, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, AMC, they are they're really pushing to be the, the horror channel because they they've come out with so much stuff along, you know, along with. Of course, the, all, they're going to have three uh, different ver- uh, television versions of The Walking Dead going, mm-hmm. you know, because they're coming out with a new one. And, of right. course, 
um, the Terror, which is now right. turned into a series, and now they're I'm so excited about that. Yeah, Can't that wait. second that second season looks really interesting. I guess it's going to uh, each season is going to be its own thing because, of mm. course, the Terror was based off the book The Terror, mm-hmm. and this one is called Infamy, and it's going to have. I, it looks like it's going to have a lot to do with Japanese Tournament. culture and 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 the so, internment camps and the internment mm-hmm. camps uh as if those weren't horrible enough yeah. uh, we're going to add this uh, we're going to add this uh, supernatural element on top of it yeah let's just make yeah. let's make it even worse mm-hmm. and Which, so. but i think we're going to get some really interesting you know seeing japanese demons which have this whole other you know monstrousness to them and uh we really outside of anime i can barely you know you know, maybe we've got a couple like The Grudge or something along those lines. But I think this is really going to go into uh, some of the, uh, I don't know, culturisms of right. it. And like there are certain there are certain rules that you have to follow. Yeah, 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 definitely. One thing I can say for sure is that with Japanese culture, especially ghosts and, and vengeful spirits, they're not to be messed with. Because mm-hmm. usually in those type of stories, it's like, you know, once they've fixated on something you can't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. there's you're you're pretty much done i mean people have seen the ring or ringu if you've seen the yeah. original japanese version of it you know it's like once you've gone down the road you're done that's mm-hmm. it you're you're finished yeah, and there's some there's certain rules i mean we have a few of our own you know as far as like you know if you look in the mirror and you know you say bloody mary then you call forth bloody mary but in as far as japanese demons and uh and ghosts go like even their architecture is designed to, you know, send their ghosts away because ghosts don't like, you know, right angles. So they have these, or they don't like curves. So they have these angles in their in their architecture to sweep the ghosts away. And if you greet them a certain way, they can't hurt you as long as you're polite. And all these crazy rules are if you walk backwards over a bridge, then they can't get you. There's all, all kinds of uh, great ceremony, I think, yeah. when it comes to... When it comes to certain kinds of ghosts, and we've we've adopted that a, a little bit, I think was uh, Darkness Falls about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was you know you can't look at her. I think that was very much inspired by those old stories about uh, demons and ghosts, and so it's I'm really looking forward to this. Oh yeah, I mean in Western culture we have a, a little bit of uh, of these these type of uh, folk tales which. You know, we've kind of gotten away from. I mean, at this point, uh, our vampires don't tend to be, you know, mm-hmm. des- you know, they're they're not anal retentive to the point where they have to count things. Right. And, you know, and, uh, some of them even walk in the sunlight now. So that was a uh, well, we we don't talk about that so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and some of them sparkle. You're right. Some of them sparkle in the sunlight. Oh, that's right. Although I have this theory of mine. I guess it could be called a fan theory. Is that uh, the ultimate secret of the Twilight vampires is that they're not vampires, that they are fairies. And, you know, the, the, the big vampire council knows this, and they've just been keeping it a secret. Um, because it's very much like fairy lore, is that fairies glow, and they also uh, consume, you know, bodily fluids and live forever. So, oh, there you they're go. very much, you know, to me, I mean, the they they very much follow fairy lore. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. This is what the vampires didn't want you to hear. <laughs> this is what they've been trying to hide from you all, yep. all along. Uh-huh. The, the They're fae. The big vampire mafia in the Twilight books are really are really fae. <laughs> there there mm-hmm. you go. So you just you found it out here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what was funny was I um, 
this was my binging weekend and I had to put a kibosh on my binging <laughs> to watch the season finale of uh, Nosferatu and then go back to The Boys, oh, which you've not seen I yet. I am not superheroes. And I, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. And uh, this is another Amazon show. Of course, we talked about uh, Good Omens and mm-hmm. how much we enjoyed that series. And so I was looking forward to seeing The Boys. When I saw the first trailer, there's a second trailer, which I'm, I'll say right now. If you've not seen the show yet, avoid the second trailer. Not that it's really spoilery, but I'm glad I went into it even not seeing the second trailer. There's a hmm. bunch of stuff I just didn't want to know. And like I said, the second trailer wasn't all that spoilery, but I, do, I really wanted to go in completely. Tabula rasa. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not want to know anything going into it, really. I just needed to know. I just needed to know, hey, there's there's superheroes and just kind of messed up. And that you basically had me sold at that point. <laughs> now, I will say that, and this was something I said on my Facebook page uh, when I was talking about watching the show, is that if you read comics like Martial Law or you're familiar with The Watchmen, this is not exactly new territory, obviously. Mm-hmm. The superheroes are, are messed up when you look at them, <laughs> you know, at a certain light is... Is pretty much familiar territory if you're familiar with those works and, and other ones as well. But I do like the take that they had for this. There's a lot of it's very I would even say more than Watchmen. It's more reality based mm, okay. because there's a lot. You know, if you had superpowers in this world, there are certain things that would happen. There's a political aspect to a lot of it. There's a lot of people getting into it who want to make a difference and then they get jaded as they go in, you know, and things like that. Like I said, I am not going to go into any kind of spoilers at all because I, you do not want to be spoiled on this. Okay. There are so many twists and turns and just weird things that happen. Like I said, there's one thing that's given away in the trailer that I'm so glad I didn't see coming because it's one of those major shock moments that you just don't want to know about it going in. Okay. And for the people who have seen this, prepare to laugh at this pun. It has more impact that way. <laughs> um, for the people who've seen it, they know they're right now going, oh, uh-huh. no, you didn't know. <laughs> but people talk about how messed up it is. I, it Again, for... Somebody who's watched as much messed up stuff as I have, I I didn't, I wasn't as appalled by some of this stuff, but there's, like I said, there's certain things um, in it that are kind of rough. And um, one thing I'll definitely say about it is there's a a whodunits uh, thread that kind of runs through it because there's things going on in the background and that you're, you know, you're wondering who's pulling the strings of certain things. And, um, but uh, most of what I'd love to say about this, like I couldn't say without there being uh, spoilers. So I'm going to re- I'm going to uh, refrain from that at this time. I think eventually, uh, after you've seen it, mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to uh, have a spoilers uh, discussion about it. But uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And once again, Amazon has you know knocked it out of the park with their original series. And, I mean, they're really, they've been bringing out a lot of great original series recently. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I I got Amazon Prime anyway. And I've been going back and checking out other stuff that I've been meaning to watch, like The Tick, which Mm -hmm. I had not seen. I had not seen their version, you know, of The Tick. I'd heard that it was good, but I haven't watched it. I've seen, I've finished, uh, 
uh, I've been wa- binged watched the first season of it. Okay. Uh, there's a second season, and then it. Wa- I think it got canceled after the second uh, season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. it it's more. I will say for the tick, it's more uh, Arthur uh, centric than it is tick centric. The tick is in a real sense. He's sort of like a secondary character, at least in the first season. It always kind of with the cartoon anyway, and um, I can't remember if I finished the Patrick Walburton one, but it, it always did seem like Arthur's story and his interactions with the Tick and the way he, re- he the way he views the Tick and the people around him and yeah. Well, again, I don't want to go into any spoilers for the Tick, but you give Arthur at the beginning, you give him a real reason to want to get involved in superheroy stuff without necessarily wanting to be a superhero. We'll just say. Uh, superheroes ruined his life oh i mean in a really really bad way uh and when you see him he's uh you know he's in a really bad place we'll just say that it's in some ways it's uh, it's a little bit darker than the cartoon although the comic book there were some dark moments in there Mm -hmm. but the comedy is definitely there and of course when you have the creator ben Eklund, you know executive producing you know, when you bring the people who created it in to to work on it, you know, you're going to get something uh, great. And and like I said, if you're familiar with The Tick, whether, whether the comic books or the, or the animated series or the first live action series, mm-hmm. you're going to be getting something brand new. And it's definitely, it's definitely worth a watch. But again, that'll be something, you know, maybe we can talk spoilery about when, uh, you know, once I've finished it, you know, if you get a mm-hmm. chance to watch it, we'll definitely talk about that. But what I wanted to end end the uh, podcast with is, since we were talking a lot about streaming services, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on with these uh, with streaming services. Oh yeah, and I've found I personally I find it interesting about you know the different uh, streaming services coming out and how things have changed over the last few years or so with with streaming because streaming is really blowing up right now. Oh yeah. And of course it all started out with Netflix. Uh and Netflix it became a meme to one point, you know, Netflix and chill yeah. which has nothing to do with Netflix or chilling. I see. I remember back when Netflix used to send you a real DVD. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When I first started with Netflix, you know, it was uh it became the a blockbuster killer because why go out the blockbuster when mm-hmm. you could just you could uh go into you know Netflix and and get the DVD and you didn't have to worry about late fees because you just right. paid a monthly a monthly fee and you kept the disc for as long as you wanted mm-hmm. and when you were done with it you sent it back and uh, I remember in the days I, there were discs that I kept for months and months and months and watched and rewatched. <laughs> and the one thing I miss about that was all the extras, the DVD extras, which right. I always loved about DVDs anyway. But uh, then they decided they wanted to try doing streaming, which at mm-hmm. the time people were like, "Man, f- streaming's not going to work because who's going to watch some choppy, blurry version of of a movie?" Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was. It was very much the same thing as the four-minute mile. You know, for the mm-hmm. longest time, people thought that- It's impossible. That's no impossible. And then in 1954, Roger Bannister ran the four-minute- uh, He squeaked by three minutes, 59.4 seconds, but he was under four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after that, everybody's, you know- Right, everyone, the next day. 
Yeah. And Rubin was doing it. Uh, was it like 1,400 people? <laughs> uh, male athletes have been able to run a, f- I think right now it's like, it's, it's gone down to like three minutes and 43 seconds. I think mm-hmm. it's it's gone at. But until some somebody did it, you know, nobody thought you could do it. And until Netflix did a streaming service, nobody thought that a streaming service was was viable because one, you know, internet speeds aren't going to be fast enough to make it worth anybody's while. Plus the fact that you can't go up against cable. (laughs) And then Netflix created a, a structure that made people realize, Hey, cable cutting could be a thing. And, you know, now, you know, we talk about how many people are cutting their cables, but the problem Netflix has had run into is they created all this great stuff, but now other people just duplicating what they're, what they're doing. And so, you know, they invented it all, but now they're uh, running into problems with everybody else wanting to do the same thing. One of their strengths was the fact that since they were the only game in town, they had all the content. And then they started creating content. And that was that was powerful. But, you know, now that television stations are not as worried about pulling content off of their main channel... And they're willing to create content for their streaming services that don't show up on their broadcast channels. They're not that, worried about, you know, the family hour, the, the prime time, the Nielsen right. ratings or anything like that. Right, exactly. Because the thing that um, that uh, Netflix discovered, and I think in a real sense, HBO may have discovered this a little bit earlier, is that if you're a subscription service... You don't care what movies people are watching or what parts of your program or you know they ju- you just need one. If you've got one piece of content that they're willing to pay per month for, it doesn't matter if they don't like the rest of it. So you don't have to have a huge audience. You just have to have an audience willing to pay for your content for that one thing, mm-hmm. and then you just you know draw in people with other stuff. So that allowed places like Netflix. And also, of course, HBO to be a little more experimental where Hollywood had lost that because movies got to be so expensive to make that Hollywood just wasn't willing to take chances on losing money. uh, Yeah. Or, you know, you know, they wanted to make sure that, you know, they're going to put out things with intellectual property that people know that they know that they can draw in a big audience. But, you know, places like Netflix, they could be experimental. And it really paid off for them. But now everybody's doing it. Yep. And Netflix, for the first time, I think in their their last uh, stockholders meeting, phone call that they did, they they had to admit that uh, for the first time in, what, I want to say like 10 years, they've lost subscriptions. Oh, wow. People. Mm-hmm. And the minute they announced that, it was like they dropped the cost of, the net worth of Netflix dropped $17 billion. So, I mean, they're still worth $140 billion, mm-hmm. so they're not they're not ready to pack up and retri- retire quite yet. Mm-hmm. But it was a major deal because they've never lost subscribers before, at least not to that, not to the level that they did. Mm-hmm. I want to say over 100,000 subscribers. Wow. And a lot of that's had to do with the fact that other content providers have pulled things away from them. So that they can put it on their own channel. And, I, you know, Disney Plus is going to be a major impact on Netflix and Amazon.com. Because, honestly, the one thing that Netflix had going for them was they had made so much money back in the days when they were the only game in town 
that it was going to be hard for smaller companies to keep up with them, you know, content-wise or whatever. But then you throw Amazon into the game. Yeah, they have a little bit of money. Yeah. They're not just dependent on, you know, media or... Exactly. They went into streaming, you know, as sort of their side hustle because, of course, they... Amazon started out, well, we're going to be an online bookstore, which, as a bit of a side, I thought was the dumbest idea ever because I was a book buyer and I knew (laughs) how I like to shop for books. And so, it really, I mean, you know, on paper, it was the dumbest idea ever. But Amazon, they were able to make that work and then they just turned themselves into the world's biggest store. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like every. Don't worry. Once upon a time, someone said that about bottled water. That's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> well, sometimes it is. I saw a bottle of water uh, from Mexico once. I just thought that was a dumb idea. <laughs> but uh, we'll just we'll leave that at that. But uh, because of the fact that Amazon certainly has the money to compete with Netflix and they're able to come up with contracts, you know, they're able to create content and they're also able to pull content away. But that's that's been Netflix's biggest issue right now is the fact that they're losing all kinds of shows, you know, content-wise. And, of course, content's always going to be a choke point for any business. You've got to have product. And, you know, Netflix, they are willing to take chances, and some of their chances have have panned out and some of them haven't. But what I'm really worried about streaming-wise is as the money starts to grow, you know, the same thing, you know, with Hollywood, you know, are the streaming companies going to be less willing to take chances. I mean, Disney's going to be massive, but then the thing about it is it's all proven IP at this point. You know, what are they doing at Disney Plus that isn't like a, they're not like guaranteed a home run for, you know, what's the avant-garde thing that they're doing? What's the, what's the one thing that where they're going to be doing something new? There isn't anything. They're doing these television shows, but they're based off of movies that have been wildly successful. And so Disney Plus is not going to be the innovator. It's always going to be it's going to be these smaller, you know, smaller companies that are, you know, they're going to have to innovate to compete. But at the same time, that's where the big risk is. And I think the other big problem we're running into uh, streaming service at this point is now we've got all these different places, you know, and. I'm really looking to see who is going to be the one that's going to step in and and create that box that's going to allow you to stream all these different services. You know, like Roku or Sling or... Yeah, uh, or mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, uh, Amazon, their Fire Stick may mm-hmm. be part of it. I think even like an Xbox or a PlayStation at one time you could stream on. Yeah. You, I'm not sure if you still can. I never played video games, yeah. so I never had one. Yeah, the biggest issue that I can see is... It's going to have to be a company that's going to be outside of Amazon and and all of that, and uh, Amazon and Netflix, because Amazon with Fire Stick, you know, the, I haven't checked it recently. Now, I think you can still, at this point, you can still stream Netflix, but when you have a company, you're not going to allow your competition on your platform. We definitely saw that with, uh, you know, with the iPhone, because you can get a Kindle app you know, Amazon Kindle and read Kindle books, but you can't buy Kindle books on an i on an iPhone because iPhone blocks it because they had their own books app. And so, you know, you had that really weird situation. If you're reading Kindle books on your iPhone, if you want to buy one, you've got to you find the book, you've got to put it you can you can put it on a, a list and save it, 
But then you got to go to a PC and buy it because you can't <laughs> buy it on an iPhone, which is a pain. And I mean, there are a lot of steps that we've got to do right now to to watch our shows because you have all these separate things. And I'm wondering if something, you know, there's something in the future, you know, some sort of a platform that will allow us to mm-hmm. to access. I think it'll have to come down to the smart TVs. Yeah. You know, the, they're just going to have to be capable for, you know, reaching everything. And then, you know, eventually your your phone, your TV, just everything. I'm sure to a degree they work together right now, but yeah. eventually just everything will have to work together. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, on my plasma TV, I can watch Netflix, I can watch Amazon, but, you know, there's no plan right now for a Disney Plus app. I think you can do Hulu. And then there's there's a few small ones that you can do, but, you know, like, like Shutter. For example, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way really outside of an app that you can watch Shutter, you know, on a smart TV. But again, now we're, we're I wouldn't say we're in the wild west of, of streaming mm-hmm. because now we're getting all these big companies that are getting into it. But now that it's shown to be viable, everybody's kind of jumping into it. And so, I mean, it makes it like I said, it makes it difficult for these smaller companies to, you know, to get in. But. Ultimately, what I'm worried about is if this thing gets too big to be innovative, because you're starting to see that in YouTube right now, because YouTube, you know, they were built by content creators, these small content creators that that had these channels. And now it seems like when you go on to YouTube, it's all about, you know, seeing people, you know, that you'd normally see on television or in movies, you know, they're the ones that they get promoted on YouTube. And of course, a lot of these OG creators that help build the platform, they're really upset about it. <laughs> and I get that. I certainly understand that. I remember YouTube back in the day when it was, it was the wild west and you could pretty much post anything that you wanted and you can't do that anymore. You can barely post anything because of, you know, copyright issues and not saying, you know, that it's all about people trying to steal other people's content. I mean, if you talk about other people's content, it can be really problematic, you know, and you can get a copyright strike pretty easily these days. And so you have to be really careful. But, uh, you know, and YouTube is is getting into creating content uh, and, you know, putting that behind a paywall. And so it's really gotten to a place where it's getting more complicated. But definitely I w- I'm going to be curious to see what Disney Plus does w- uh, with their platform and to see how things change. Like I said, my my hope is that there still be streaming services out there willing to put out uh, new content. Yeah, you'll have a device that goes on top of your TV that's shaped like mouse ears. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... They'll call it the Mouseketeer. But, you know, content is king for sure. And I, I would hate to see content become pretty much homogenized, safe content. You have to be willing to take those chances. Otherwise, we don't get Stranger Things, mm-hmm. for example, which is a great show. Right. That wasn't based off of an IP anybody knew about. It was just people willing to take the Duffer brothers willing to take a chance and, and put stuff out that they they wanted to watch. And so what I'm really looking forward to seeing and I'm hoping that I'm going to see is I want to see the first innovative brand new show that shows up on Disney Plus. That thing that came out of left field that we weren't expecting. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if it's ever going to be. I guess we'll find out. But uh, before we go, 
just as a quick announcement, uh, just as a, I guess a teaser is, of course, Mandy, you and I have been talking about some stuff behind the scenes about uh, expanding this channel, mm-hmm. and I'm we may have uh, something going. Of course, this is uh, we're recording August the first, and I'm thinking by September we may have some announcements to make by the end of August to let you know some things we want to start doing in September. And so uh, keep listening for that. Hopefully we'll have some announcements to make here really soon. Good teaser. Good teaser. Good teaser. Well, thank you. (laughs) And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 76 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the Geek Watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.